I do want to begin my lesson uh, by reading to you a verse that's very well known to you and to me from the book of Romans chapter 3. I want to read one verse and then we'll get into a few things in just a moment. Romans chapter 3, Paul is telling us that there is none that's righteous. None means absolutely none. All encompassing there. One verse, Romans 3 and 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you will, in your mind, on this wall behind me, imagine a big target. Not on my back. Good enough of those in life. But imagine a big target. Big bullseye right in the middle. 100 points if you hit the middle, and you know how it goes. Was it 30 points? And you kind of have different scales, but all those other numbers do is they show you how close you came to perfection. I don't know about you, but I believe that there are some things in this life that you can be 100% certain about. If you don't believe in that, then you've never been saved by the grace of God. Amen. My great fear is on this bullseye that you see, there's a lot of people that are aiming at it. They're religious. But folks, they're missing the mark. Amen. And that was told to us yesterday. For all have sinned, which means missed the mark. I had rather somebody correct the error of their way here in this life. Because there's coming a day that that cannot be corrected. Amen. For Paul said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This title that I came to today actually comes from my profession in education. In my profession of education, I spent over half of it in the administrative work of that. And a great deal of that is dealing with the legalities of how you deal with students and teachers and what they're entitled to and the laws and all of these things that we do. But there's one thing about education that we have to tell ourselves. If something is not 100%, then that means there is work to do. Sometimes a person may evaluate themselves saying on a scale of one to five, well, I'm a five all the way down. And I want to say, be careful of pride because there's always room to improve. This question has kind of been asked today, but I'm going to ask you again, not just children or grandchildren. How many of you here today have somebody in your life that's lost? Absolutely. Everybody here does. If you don't, let me share my list with you because that list is a lot longer. It's seemingly those that are saved. If something is not 100%, then that means that there is work to do. Folks, today there's a lot of people that's missing the mark and there is work that we need to do. When we say all means all in the education field, we have to see that there's room for growth. John chapter 5, excuse me, chapter 4 and verse 35. Say ye not that there are yet four months and then cometh harvest? What do you see? He said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields. There's work to do, and we need to see that there is things that we can improve on. He says, for the fields, he said, they are white and all ready to harvest. Amen. I love how Jesus says that they are white. You know what the word white means? It means it's ripe, ready to be picked. Now, let me go ahead and tell you this. 
There's some teachings that go on in this life that say, well, at any point that you decide that you want to be saved or you want to be gathered in, you can do that. I disagree with that. I believe there's a point in our life which we are ripened. Now, you leave something on the vine too long, or guess what happens? It'll fall to the ground, and it can't be gathered in. For some people may tell you that, well, any time that, that, that God convicts you, any time after that, that you want to choose to be saved, you can be saved. Folks, there is called that window of opportunity. And we pray that God's Spirit will never be withdrawn from the sinner that needs to be saved. Today, I ask you, and I have to ask myself, and I ask teachers all the time at school, do you see areas that we can work on. For Jesus tells us in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Poor means that we have to realize that there's work to do and that God will grant us the things that we need. So when I talk about an education that all means all, we have to start by humbly realizing, Lord, all the world's problems are not solved we have a work to do. Would you agree to this morning that we all have a work to do? Amen. And you know what? We all got our place in which God wants to place us. And we're all put exactly where he would have us to do. The states, and the state of Tennessee is one of those, they will test all students. I believe there's coming a day that all of us will be held accountable of what we do. All of us. There's no, there's no exemptions to this. All of these things happen. Very few exemptions happen in the, in the, uh, uh, in the, where we would test or we would assess is the word I'm looking for students. Very few exemptions happen to that. But the truth is, is that there's an accountability that happens to all. Now, I believe that the book of Acts tells us that he desires to add into his church daily that that should be saved. In other words, I believe that we can see that it's evident of God's work that he's doing in his church. Fourteenth Amendment. I'm not going to get into this part because I want to get into the scriptural part just a bit. I'm going to give you a little background for all means all in education. No matter your race, no matter your uh, abilities, no matter your income, every person is entitled to a public education. Now, we're not here to talk about public education. What I'm saying is we're all entitled to something. Folks, I want to ask you something. Name me one person that does not deserve, maybe I should say a little bit different, one person that does not need to be saved. I know it's quick to judge by the way somebody looks when they come into a church or somebody when we see them in our, our everyday lives. And sometimes we're like, man, that's a rough looking character. Or they look kind of uh, maybe real meek and mild. And we have to be careful. We cannot judge because all need to be saved. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. For Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act tells us that if there is something that is wrong with a student that impedes their life, they are entitled to help to be able to accomplish an education. Folks, we all are sinners and we all need help. Amen. Righteousness. Well, let's get into Romans chapter 3. Well, I'm going to talk about Romans chapter 3 in a minute. But it's, Paul talks about there's the righteousness of man and there's the righteousness of God. There's a lot of people that on that bullseye that you see, their righteousness, they are throwing it to God. And I'll tell you this, they are missing the mark. Amen. Folks, today we're not going to find favor with God based on our righteousness. We find it in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And that's why I thank God that when we come to the place that we are poor in spirit, that God will aggressively sing that we can enjoy the kingdom of heaven and God will save our soul. We know it's highly, it's it's well documented. Uh, Brown versus Board of Education, all these things said, you can't segregate people based on who they are. And you know what? I'm glad today that there's all kinds of sinners in churches. There are saints, but there's also sinners. And I'm not talking about uh, just people that are, uh, that, that are not members of the church. We, they're saints and they're sinners. But the thing is, is that when we all gather together, we all have an Achilles heel in our life. We all have sin in our life. We have things that if we're not careful, these things try to control us. But in every student that has some kind of disability, we come up with what's called an individual educational plan. Or better yet, an IEP. You know how every profession has these acronyms. Maybe we could call it in church an individual experience with the prince, the prince of peace. Uh, maybe or the priest, our high priest. You know, maybe, maybe that's what we should call it. But every individual person has an experience with Christ. Psalms 27 talks about that. Folks, the, the, the salvation experience that I had is not one that is somebody else's. It was my own individual experience. Here's the way this works in the school setting. If you have a disability, we want a doctor to diagnose your problem. You give us documentation of your diagnosis, and we want to do everything we can to fix or to help you to modify or to help you to get to where you or accommodate, I should say, to get you what you need. I'm going to say that again. It's called a doctor diagnosis. If you're very familiar with how leprosy works, the Levitical law says that not just anybody and everybody can diagnose leprosy. Others can see it. You ever been around those people that think they're doctors? They got a computer and they got a phone and they think they're doctors. I don't mean this wrong and I'm not trying to take away from from search engines, but what I'm saying is when I want a doctor, I want to go see a doctor and not a search engine. Folks, if you've got sin in your life, never at any point do we need somebody else to tell us we're sinners. That comes from the high priest. Jesus told me through his spirit that night, sitting in a church like he had many times before, I was a sinner. And you know what happens to a person with leprosy? They got to go through a cleansing process. In other words, they're unrighteous, they are contaminated, and they need to be clean. Folks, I'm telling you what I believe deeply. We all are sinners, and we all need cleaning. But the best part is, is the high priest that tells us we're a leper is the same one that tells us, you know what, you're clean. Woo, thanks be to God. The night the Lord saved my soul, nobody looked at me and said, well, ABC 1, 2, 3, folks, the Spirit of God will tell all people that have been saved, you are clean. Oh, folks, today, people that don't have that, and, 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 and not everybody has. But this doctor diagnosis comes along and it teaches that there are people that, that, that have disabilities in their life. I thought even last night about in the account of Acts chapter 3, how the one that was lame from his mother's womb, in other words, there was something he was born with. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We're all born sinners. But it said he was lame on his feet. He went to the, and, and he started asking Peter of them of alms. And you love what Peter said. He said, silver and gold have I none. He said, you know what? People get worried about their physical things and they forget about their spiritual and you know what? The, the, the man gets healed and he goes in the temple praising God and you don't hear much else about worrying about his alms. He's worried about praising God, folks. That is a change that'll happen. Amen. 
I don't want to leave, to leave here today thinking, well, that preacher apparently don't believe in taking care of physical needs you have in your life. I'm going to tell you, I believe in taking care of physical needs, but never are those more important than the spiritual needs. Amen. So you can take care of your children all you want, and I don't have a problem with that. Matter of fact, I think it's a biblical responsibility to do that. But I also believe that more than that is to raise them with the love and the nurture and the admonition of our Lord. Amen. i got to hurry along. Dr. Luke tells us in Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, I want to read for just a minute, 17th verse. It says, And it was on a certain day he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Something was wrong. And there was somebody that could help them with what they were wrong. Amen. Folks, today our sin sickness, aren't you glad today there's one that can fix it? And behold, men brought in a bed. I want to ask you a personal question. Was there a time in your life when you were the one that was in sin sickness and somebody thought of you and said, I'm going to take you to Jesus? Oh, folks, I've had a lot of people in my life, in my homes and in my church, people took that bedpost and they would take me to Jesus. Sometimes we want to kind of do that very lightly, but the truth is, is that the, the, these men, these people got together and they all picked up a bed. If me and three other people want to pick up a bed, you know what has to happen? We better be in harmony together. If I'm out of sync and you're out of sync, somebody's going to drop the bed. The one in need there may be in worse shape than what they were. Notice what he said. He says, and behold, these men brought a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. Now, I tell you, Dr. Luke said this. Luke, the physician, tells us that he was sick with a palsy. Matthew and Mark tell us he was sick of a palsy. What's the difference in that? When he talks about of a palsy, he's talking about, it's, it's, it's an adjective, which is describing a noun, talking about describing him. Luke uses it as a verb. You know what he's trying to say? He said his actions have paralyzed him. Luke takes on a whole different context. Folks, today we are all this one that was paralyzed and in need. Amen. Let's keep going. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him and become in the multitude, they went up on the housetop. <laughs> Folks, today there's people in our lives and there's people in my life that they took the bed and you know what they, you know what's easy for us to say? Well, I tried. I gave a good faith effort Got to the door and there were so many people there. Jesus always attracted a, a, a crowd and the multitudes were there, couldn't get there. So you know what they said? Man, this, this, this guy right here has a great need in his life. He needs to get to Jesus. Is there anybody in your life that you can tell right now they need to get to Jesus? Amen. Oh, yes, we do. And again, I'm going to share my list with you if they don't. So you know what they did? They didn't go looking for another door. It says, and all of a sudden, they went up on the housetop. They didn't find some kind of event that was there. And he says, and they laid him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst of uh, before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, not just the faith of the men that saved him. A lot of people might tell you, well, their faith saved him. No, his unbelief, not faith, became just as strong as their faith. And you know what? When unbelievers have the same faith as believers, they get saved too, don't they? <laughs> And all of a sudden, he looked at their faith and it said, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. 
But I want to look for just a second. I want to skip on down just a, a few more verses. Luke chapter 5 there, and I want to skip down to about the 24th verse. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. You know what a couch is, don't you? It's a bed. When you get sick, what do you do? You go lay in the bed. Let me, let me word this a little bit different. Have you ever heard somebody in the morning when they're really tired or don't feel good say, well, the bed got me? In other words, the bed gets a hold to you. Folks, you know what sin does to us when we're born? It gets a hold of us. It cripples us and it contaminates us. I love the fact that Jesus didn't say, why don't you just leave the couch here because that's not who you are. He said, no, why don't you, instead of the couch controlling you, you control the couch and get up and show the people you are no longer the person you used to be. Amen. Folks, I hope that you all can resoundingly say amen when I say that when we are saved, instead of being slaves to sin, the Spirit of God that moves in us helps us that we might overcome sin. That's why he said, take up that bed and walk. That's why I love the, the Greek word, paraclete of the Holy Spirit. It means one called alongside to help you. Man, our society will tell you that I just can't help it. That's the way y'all were born. You know what I want to say? We're all born sinners. If we walk around and just do what we want to do, how we feel natural to do, we're going to sin against God. But that's why the Spirit of God has to come out of us that He is imputed inside of us. And I thank God today that there's a time in my life, just celebrated an anniversary, March the 18th, that spiritual birthday, I should say, when God said, you know what? No longer are you going to be slave to the couch and the slave to sin. He said, you're going to be able to, to overcome that. He said, arise. He said, take up your couch. He says, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. I got to hurry along. But, I, you know, in education, we talk about equity versus equality. You know what the difference in equity versus equality is? Equity uh, talks about how that, that we give them based on their needs. Equality means everybody gets the same thing. Now, Luke chapter 7. I want to turn to read for just a second. I don't want to imply to you, and I'm going to clear this up real quick, that we get different degrees to an extent, but I do believe that by our nature, sometimes some people's lives are different than others. But we're all sinners. I want to go ahead and say that right now. Amen. There's a picture that we see sometimes. I'm going to tell you this real quick, and maybe I can put it in the notes. It's about three men that go to a ball game, or three three boys that go to a ball game and one of them's already standing up over the fence looking in the game. The other one's standing at the fence and he's just a little short. The other one is just, he, he's, he's way short. Well, if you give all three of them the same box, guess what? The first one's already seen into heaven. You know, Christ, he's already going to heaven. But he wants to give us what we need so that we can go. And you know what? We cannot go our own merit, our own righteousness. We need what he can give unto us. If you give all of them one box and the one that's already seeing the game, man, he's really seeing the game. The second one that was just short, all of a sudden he can see the game. And now the third one, you give him a box, he was still coming up short. Do you think God is going to give a human being or a sinful person something that's going to make them come up short? Oh, absolutely not, folks. God gave us something that we're not going to just hit the target. We can be spot on and be 100% correct. So 
Equality means we all get one. Equity means whatever it takes, God will give it to you. Let's read Luke chapter 7 and 42. It says that when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. In other words, there was two debtors. And it talked about how there's a difference in the debt they're in. You know, we, we want to classify some people are worse off than others. But we're all sinners. Every one of us. You may, you may have been reared in, the, in, in, in a church. You might have lived what I call the Boy Scout life. And there's somebody that have been raised in a total different setting. But you know what? We all are not able to see what Jesus sees. And we stand in need of help. Every one of us. And it says, and he tells them, he says, he, frankly, he said he forgave them both. He said, so tell me, therefore, of which of them will love the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he whom he forgave most... And he said unto him, that has rightly judged. He talks about this forgiveness. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, he said, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house, and thou gavest me water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. She was in the shape, and God took care of that. The Lord did. He says, My head with oil didst thou not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Even the best of people in this life still need to be saved. All means all. Wherefore I say unto her, sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. There is a similarity in both of these accounts. Both of them were debtors. You know, for some time, we may think that one person's in a better shape than another. At least they're going to church. Let me tell you something, folks. People will go to hell and have, they can have 100% attendance in church. Because it has nothing to do with what kind of life you lived or what kind of people you sat around. The Jews are going to find that out. It's not your birthright. It's about who the righteousness of Christ, whether it has been imputed. Both of these people could not meet the debt that they were in. And I believe all of us ought to be like in this last part where it says in that 24th verse, it says that when they had nothing to pay, frankly, forgave them both. You know what frankly means, don't you? I love that word. It means to pardon. Folks, there's a difference in not guilty and guilty. We're living in a time where more and more people want to be classified as, well, it's not my fault. But you know what? If you really want to get saved by the grace of God, we all have to come realizing we are guilty. Folks, God's not going to save anybody outside of that realm of those. But in education, all does mean all. But in Scripture, it's a little bit different. For when I say all have sinned, am I trying to include Jesus in that? No. So we can't say all have sinned. For I want to look at just a couple of words and I want to kind of hurry through this, but out of the, I think there's like 15 different words that we read about in the Greek that mean all. Two of those I want to look at, pos and hapis. Two words, pos and hapis. Pos is used, I don't know, over 1,200 times in the New Testament. It means all sorts and all kinds. I believe in heaven and I also believe in hell. There's going to be all sorts and all kinds of people. They're not going to heaven because of who they were, they're all going to be there because of the blood of Jesus. Hell's the same way that people are going to be because of what they have rejected. So all means all. When I talk about that, we, we don't want to mean 100%. 
But hapas does mean 100%. You remember the bullseye we said for all of sin to miss the mark? Folks, today I believe that there is an importance for us to remember. We need to hit the bullseye exactly right. Somebody will tell you in a game of, of, of darts or whatever, and I don't even play darts, but they'll tell you in a game, well, that's close to the line. Do you know what it means if all comes short of the glory of God? The word glory means the opinion or judgment of God. I don't mean this in a slanderous way. But nowhere does it matter what our opinion is of what kind of righteousness we have in our life. The only opinion that matters is God's. You may say there's nothing wrong with you. But I want to ask you probably a deeper question to not only you, but to all of those in our families. What is God's opinion? For he said, there in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 100%. Pass, we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But Hoppus comes from Matthew 24 and verse 39, talking about the flood. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Now, here's what we know about the flood very, very quickly. What we know about the flood is everybody had to experience it. But there's a difference in the outcome for people, isn't it? They had a different experience. There was that ark. And you had those that believed that enter inside of that ark. And let me tell you something about that ark. It was not meant to sit upon dry ground. It was going to sail. Reminded me of the scripture, I believe, is in Psalms in the 100 and something that says, there go the ships. <laughs> you know what? One of these days my ship's going to sail, but I'm going to be saved from the wrath of God because of Jesus Christ. He Amen. is my ark. Amen. I believe that Hapas, which is 100%, I believe that every human being experienced the flood. The difference was those on the outside had to experience the wrath of God as far as not being safe. Those on the inside, those in Christ, we can escape the wrath of God. Two different things. And I don't believe, when I say that, folks, I believe in 100% of the people are going to heaven or hell. I'm going to say that one more time. Every single human being since the beginning of time is going to heaven or hell Ignore purgatory. There is no purgatory. It's heaven or hell. A tree falls to the north. Guess where it lays? It's going to lie to the north. Falls to the south. Guess where it's going to be? It's going to fall to the south. My compass tells me there's a north, south, east, and a west. He's talking about heaven or hell. Folks, when you leave here, it's one direction or the other. You're either in the ark of Jesus or you're outside the ark of Jesus. Got to hurry along. But he said that there are all of these, he said, he said that came and he says and took them all away. And he said, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He said, these things are going to happen. But here in Romans 3 and 23, it talks about how that the word pos is a meaning not just every single person, but all kinds of people. And again, we talk about Jesus uh, when all means all. We're, we, can't, we have to exclude Jesus to a great extent in that. But I believe that he's talking about it, all human beings because notice what he says in the, tenth, excuse me, the third chapter in the 10th verse. As it is written, there is none righteous. There is none today that could hit the bull's eye and be spot on, on their own. Folks, today we're going to talk about the law. We can't keep the law. We're, we're, we're guilty of these things. But he said, there's none, he says, that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Yesterday, Brother Rodney very plainly talked about the different views and the different ways of, by which people see how you're going to get to heaven. 
I came across an article in the, in the uh, Old Fashioned Gospel Hours website by Brother H.C. Vanderpool a few years ago. The name of it was called What True Baptists Believe. And in that, it talks about the, the total depravity of man, or as the, the five-point Calvinists talk about the T part. I'm not in here to use a certain word. That's not what I'm after. Let's just talk about a condition of people. When we talk about total depravity of man is, that just means none of us on our own can get this 100% right. We need Jesus. Amen. I, I think we can all get to that point that we all stand in need of Jesus. How many of you today, and I, I'm guilty probably of using it myself, man, we're just free moral agents. And I believe there's a lot of choices we have in our life. But I want to ask you, how many of you, when you were in the womb of your mother, made a choice to be a sinner? That's the seed of Adam that was given to us. But thanks be unto God, there's a second Adam that's born. And there's a second Adam that his righteousness. If you stand before God with the righteousness of Adam, hell is going to be every individual's home for all our sinners. I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to stand before him one day and not because of what I have done, but because what Jesus has done. His work on the cross is sufficient. Amen. His work that he did in me, it's 100%, folks. I don't need to be, I don't, I don't need to be modified. I don't need to be changed. It's good. You can go ahead and start singing. I'm saved to the uttermost and I know that I am for I'm washed in the blood of the precious lamb. Saved to the uttermost. When we see that, that just means it's not going to get any better. Your soul is is saved as it's ever going to be. You know what, folks? I've just got a down payment, an earnest payment of what God has done for me. But one of these days, I'm going to be given a body that finally can feel and experience a God the way that he wants us to. But you see here, when he, when he talks about how that, 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 that when we that are, that are depraved of what we have in the womb of our mother, when we were conceived, we don't choose to sin. For we see, he says, behold, I was shaped in Psalms 51 and 5. I was shaped in iniquity and sin in my mother did conceive me. Well, uh, what about those that are born infants? Well, 2 Samuel 2, uh, 12 and 22 uh, teaches us that, that before a child reaches that age, as we call uh, that, that God's held them accountable for their sin, uh, then, then that means that they're going to go to heaven too. You know, you ever heard somebody use the phrase, you can't unsee that? <laughs> Folks, once God shows you your sinfulness, you can't go back to the state you were in of innocency. You can't unsee your lost sinfulness and your unrighteousness. You can't do that. And there's going to be a point in all of our lives that we remember when God showed us our unrighteousness. You know what? When it, when it talks about how that, man, there's a whole lot to go on here. But when you start talking about our works and how they would, uh, they would take a stone and they would put it upon the, uh, the rock and they would see what kind of mark it would make. And you see what? If you take your works in your life and you strike it on the rock and you look it beside mine, they're probably going to leave the same kind of mark. But you take your marks and my mark and we compare it to Jesus we realize we fall short folks you know what I fall short and I'm not trying to belittle you but you know what I thank God today that we all today that at one point in our life we were sinners but God made us a saint today we become like Jesus all means all we all are sinners but we all can be saved and we may or may not get there I don't know but we all can be saved that's to the Jews and to the Greeks Greeks. Ah, the Jews. Ah, some people feel like they're born with an automatic line to Christ. The Greeks, you know what we call these in, 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 in PE? We call them the Roy's. Roy's are the rest of y'all. It's an acronym. You know, when, the, when, the, when the, they were always picking the team, I was the Roy. I was the rest of y'all. I was down at the end. You had the Jews, and then you had the Greeks. 
But notice what he said in Acts 20 and 21. And how I have kept back nothing that was profitable to you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, house testifying to both the Jews and to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, to the Jews and everybody else, which are the Greeks, uh, he's talking about, he said, all need to be pointed to Jesus. Amen. Folks, tonight I believe that bullseye today, everybody. Is there anybody in your life that doesn't need to be aimed towards heaven and aimed towards Jesus? Folks, I'll tell you this, they're missing the mark. There's a lot of people that they may be looking to heaven, but they're headed straight for hell. Why? Because it's their unrighteousness instead of the righteousness of Jesus. So I ask a question. Would God ask of anybody something that's impossible to do? Absolutely not. Then why would God have us all to be saved if it was impossible for everybody to be saved? For I believe today that all men everywhere need to repent. You're not going to hell because you stole gum. You're not going to hell because you lied. By the way, I've never met a person that's not lied. But you know what goes to hell? Our sinful nature is what sends us to hell. How many people are going to stand before God because based on what they have done and what they have tried to accomplish? And that's why we teach here that that, that man is in in a condition that he cannot help himself out. For he says here in 1 Corinthians 15 and 22, For as in all die, even so Christ shall be made alive. Now, total depravity and absolute depravity is two different things. If we were absolutely depraved, then we might as well close up our books and, and shut up and go home, folks. But if there is a possibility to go to heaven. You know, a lot of people, if they want to play darts, I don't know why this has come up today, but you're talking about aiming at a target. You know, a lot of people feel like we're playing a game. We don't have anything in our hand. Folks, we do have something that we can hit the target with. And it's not our own selves. It's Jesus. That's who we need in our life. And to me, it all sums up. It's all about Jesus. The Bible says, 1 John chapter 8, and, and, and excuse me, ver, chapter 1 and verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which means all just means all types or the past. That's what it means, all types of unrighteousness. And we say we have not sinned. We are a liar. We make him a liar, and the word is not in us. Let's shift gears. When I say all means all, all souls need to be saved. First Timothy 2 and 4. Who will have all men to be saved to come under the knowledge of the truth? In other words, God has an intention. Let me ask you this. Just because God had an intention, does it always happen that way? Before you answer, think about your little Sunday school class about Adam and Eve. God had intentions for Adam and Eve. It didn't always happen. You know what I find interesting about the story of Adam and Eve? It's so 2021-ish. Adam sinned against God. You know what he said? Well, it's her fault. Eve made me do it. Our unrighteousness wants to blame somebody else. I can walk down and I'll trip over a rug and it's your fault for putting the rug there, not mine for not paying attention. You know what accountability is? (laughs) That means we are guilty. You can blame Adam all you want, but you're going to stand before God for what you have done. 
just like I'm going to stand before God for what I've done, but more importantly, I'm going to stand with the righteousness of Jesus and say, here it is, my name is on the breastplate, and when we go in the holiest of holies, we are there. We are right over his heart. We belong in the hymn, folks. I belong to Jesus. 100% certain of that. Bullseye, there it is. I've not missed the target. I'm headed for heaven, and it's just a matter of time before I arrive. Oh, listen to what he said. I'm going to hurry along. But notice what he said, that that he has intentions there that all people would come uh, to the knowledge of the truth. Matthew 5 and 3 talks about blessed again. How are the poor in the spirit? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We go from from poor to rich. We go from mourn to comforted. Our Declaration of Independence says that we talk about we're entitled to happiness. But you know what's amazing today? People are finding happiness just in playing the game. Let me tell you something. I'm not, I'm not against going to church. But you know where happiness is? Not in just grabbing something throwing at a target. Happiness is finding Jesus. Amen. Oh, do you, do you agree? The world's trying. And I can tell you all kinds of stuff from addictions to phones and drugs and everything else. We're trying to find everything we can to satisfy our needs. But folks, we all know this. You agree to this. Nothing can satisfy us like Jesus. Amen. 100% sure of that. But notice what he said. 1 Timothy 2, and that was turned to Timothy 4. Uh, 1 Timothy 2 and 5, for there is one God, one man between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. The sixth verse says, who gave himself a ransom, which is what you pay in exchange for another, to be testified in due time. You know what it means to be a, a, a ransom, don't you? That means the required price has been paid. You know, I love when I go down through the, the market there in Jamaica, I'm going to tell you the story real quick. Every pineapple, every coconut that I see, none of those have told, this is what I'm worth. Somebody else set the price of that. Folks, God never asked any one of us what we are worth. He said it. The price was his son, Jesus. He said that. And you know what? When I go into the store, I'm on a limited budget. I have to pick and choose. Limited atonement, limited budget. I go into the store, I have to pick and choose. I can't buy everything there. But you know what? I believe that Jesus, he's not on a limited budget. He's not on limited atonement. I believe that he can purchase anybody and all sinners that need to be saved. I believe there's enough, folks. When he said it is finished, he didn't mean until the price of, of living goes up. Folks, it's finished for all the time. Amen. All of that, all means all. And I believe that those beautiful words that Jesus said, it is finished, thanks be to God that 100%, I know what he's talking about. Amen. What about you? And obviously you do, you're here. But he said for 100%, he said, this happens. i got to hurry along. For we all are going to break the law. I didn't say that we break all of the law. We all break the law. James 2 and 10 was spoken yesterday. For whosoever shall keep the whole law, the shame of any one point, he says he is guilty of all. Remember what I told you in the beginning that that when it talks about how that when we sin against God, that it says uh, for all have sinned, that means they missed the mark and they wandered from the laws of God. Go back and read, I'm not going to get in the ark of uh, where it talks about how the, the ark and the covenant where the laws were kept and they were covered by the blood. Oh, folks today, aren't you glad we're not living in a time where we've got to keep the law, but we're under grace? Forever sin abound, the grace did the more abound. Hey, you know what? You can pile all you want to in that one side about sin and the wrong. And well, there you Baptists go thinking that whatever you do, you're going to heaven. I'll tell you this. I believe today that no matter what we do, that God's grace is always more sufficient. I'm not kept by the the, the, the laws. We're talking about the Spirit of God that's going to be upon us. For James 2 and 10 says that. 1 John 3 and 4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth against the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Talking about how sin is lawliness. You know what that means? It's a rebellion against God. And God's never approved it. And God is going to hold us accountable for that. I want to hurry along. 
For I want to tell you, real quick, outside of the school where I'm at, there's a school zone. A little old sign. You know how them little signs are. By the way, probably about eight in ten people don't have a clue what the last sign was that they passed. But, well, that's a whole other sermon. People aren't paying attention to the signs and the warnings, are they? But there's a sign that'll tell you. One way from eight or 7.30 to 8 o'clock in the morning. So, hypothetically, the first day somebody drives down through there on Monday, school resource officer says, Sir, just want to tell you, you went down a one-way street, I want to give you a warning, don't do it again. Second to Tuesday, guess what? He does it again. Wednesday, he goes down there and does it again. All of a sudden, on Wednesday, he says, I'm going to write you a ticket. But also on Wednesday, you got a person that obviously, honestly, truly was just not paying attention that drove down through there again. Officer says, well, if I did it to one, I've got to do it to another. This is kind of that equity versus equality thing. If you're a judge, do you have mercy on the person that did something intentionally? What about the person that was unintentionally? I want to talk about something real quick. There is sin of omission and there is sin of commission. For all have sinned. In other words, I told you not to do it and you did. James 4 and 17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. What about Adam and Eve? The sin of commission where it talks about, And the Lord God commanded the men, saying of the tree of the garden, that thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat, need of it, for in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. By the way, can I throw one other thing out there real quick? When I talk about hitting the target, do you know what the difference in what Satan told Adam and Eve versus what God did? God said, Thou shalt die, and he just threw one more word in, not. In other words, he was close, but let me tell you, Sometimes one word makes a great big difference, don't it? <laughs> There's a lot of people that feel like, ah, oh, this is going to get it pretty close to where we need to, to be. Well, Adam and Eve were told that they sinned against God, the sin of commission. The gospel is for all. Matthew 28, all kinds, but all encompassing too, 100%. I'm fixing to get to that one. Matthew 28 and 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to deserve all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I thank God today that not only am I a part of the Baptist church, I'm a part of the Missionary Baptist Church. Amen. For we believe that all kinds of people need to be saved. Amen. Not just those that live in the city or those in the country, those that were raised on a farm, those... It, it, you know what? All-encompassing meaning, we believe that all people need to be saved. Amen. For I'm going to close with this, and I'm down to two minutes. Let's get to the 100% now. Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 When they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together. Folks, I believe there was a whole lot of inadequateness in some people. They said, I'm a sinful person and I, I'm guilty. I need help. They said they were all assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own. 
In other words, they all experienced something that was 100% exactly alike. Some people tell about when they're saved, oh, I saw the trees clapping and the lights were brighter. I do not disagree with the effects of it. But we all experience the exact same thing. But they all hop us. They had all things common. Aren't you glad today that there is such a thing as it all means all? Every one of us know what it's like to be saved by the grace of God. Every single one of us, we all know what it's like to be lost. We know what it's like to be saved. And even in this congregation, we all know what it's like to have that still, small voice that speaks into us to declare His Word. We all do. For I'm going to leave you with this last verse, and I'm going to hush and apologize. No, I'm not, but I'm all over the place, and I know that. But Galatians 3 and 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all. My wife experienced the same thing I experienced. (laughs) My parents experienced the same thing I got to experience. The same thing that Paul experienced on the road to Damascus. That wasn't a unique experience. It was good for Paul. But you know what? I experienced the exact same thing. You know what I experienced? We're all one, he said, in Christ Jesus. You know what I experienced? I'll tell you what I experienced. I experienced my righteousness getting laid down and the righteousness of Jesus given to me. And you know what? I am not worthy of that, but I am 100% sure what God did for me that night is not only going to take me to glory, I'm going to get to experience throughout all of eternity. And you know what? All means all. And I'm thankful for that. God bless you. I appreciate being able to be here today. I'm hushing to go.